Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. That's right. Your ride has about to begin. It's, well, just started, really. Hi, I'm Fred Staub, and welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We got two hours or or one hour of great information (laughs) for you about uh, vehicles. If you're buying a new vehicle, if you're just interested in what's coming out, new technology and more, along for the ride, as always, is Les Jackson, my cohort in this madness. That we call cruise control. Les, how you doing? Exactly. Good, good. You're at the wheel this hour, and uh, we're heading in that direction. <laughs> in that direction. Which, that's navigation that is, talk, man. <laughs> well, that's right. We, you know, one day we should actually turn on the nav system, but it doesn't matter because what we do have is a whole list of stories that we're going to cover this hour. And one of them is all about pricing pickup trucks. That's right. Yeah. Uh, which is, I'm afraid to look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking <laughs> Nissan Titan. Uh, they've got some pricing coming out. We're also going to tell you about uh, Toyota remaining as the number one auto manufacturing company, breaking GM's 90-year record. So GM yep. is no longer the biggest, and Toyota is just kind of building on this. They're staying at number one month after month. That's right. Just slow and steady. And uh, we have a safety, inter- interesting safety piece. Uh, some automatic braking systems work better at night. Yeah, and it's unclear why that is. Yeah. Uh, so the IIHS, Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, is looking into this. We'll we'll tell you what they found so far. And we've updated one of the most popular lists that uh, we get a lot of comments about, and that is vehicles that cost more used than new. Hard to believe, but this has become a thing. More and more. Yes. More and more. So if you're uh, out, out buying a vehicle less, you don't want to buy the used one if you could get a new one for less. Just Yeah, that's right. Get a new one. Yeah. Uh, if... You can get the dealer to sell it to you for without being gouged. Yes. Um, meanwhile, we're going to talk tech this hour. We love doing that. In this case, this is something we've been talking about for a long time, speculating about a, a road that can charge your car's battery. It's happening. Inductive it's charging. Happening in the U.S. Yeah, and I'll have a review of this vehicle. That is the Volkswagen Mark 8 GTI Autobahn Edition. When we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Did I like it less? Well, we will find out. It is one of my favorite vehicles. Yes, we will. Uh, A lot of people like the Miata. I would fall into the GTI camp. But uh, let's see what happens during that at-the-wheel review on Cruise Control, your Mm -hmm. on-air automotive magazine. Be right back. 
Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control. Fred's over there uh, warming up his review for later, and I get to, well, he already announced it, but uh, I get to (laughs) re-announce. That's it. I get to re-announce that Toyota is now the world's largest automaker. Uh, Good for them. You know, they're a great company, and uh, they have finally uh, gone past General Motors' 90-year straight uh, level of the uh, biggest motor company. They are no more. Uh, Now they're number two, which isn't exactly shabby. Right. That's true. Uh, But Toyota is number one. I think they'll stay there. Well, I think, I think they will. Uh, Let's face it though. They were helped by the fact that they navigated the chip shortage better than most companies. Their worldwide sales for 2021 were uh, 10.496 million, which is an increase of 10.1%. And that includes Dihatso and Hino brands. Um, Without those, uh, the global sales increased by 10.6% over the course of last year. Volkswagen saw a 4.5% decrease. um, And... uh, as you said, this is the first time in nine decades that that GM has not been on top. Uh, they just saw this coming, and that's part of business, reading what the business conditions will be uh, when you have GM with people raising their hands and saying, I want to buy that Tahoe, and you're like, I'd love mm-hmm. you to buy it, but I can't build it because it's you know right. sitting on the side there 70% complete waiting on parts. That's got to be frustrating. And when we do build it, you're not going to have uh, some of the components that you thought you would. Yeah, but we'll give you 50 bucks or something. Yeah, off, like off seat of. heaters and. Yeah, backup, <laughs> b- backup warning backup systems. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> yeah, you know, anyway. it will just be a bunch of wiring harnesses hanging from the bottom of yeah. the dash. You know, we're we're gonna get we're gonna give you a little do-it-yourself kit with it. Yeah. Uh, they give you a sock heater uh, <laughs> or a hand heater <laughs> and say, right. sit this on the seat. Yeah. yeah. Um, so big news. I we'll we'll follow this story on cruise control. See if it continues. You know, but but let's look over at Nissan and what they're doing with pricing the 2022 Titan pickup. Uh, not the biggest player in pickups, but uh, certainly great vehicles made in the U.S. Right. Yep. Uh, and uh, let's talk. take a look at some of their pricing. It starts the Titan S King Cab 4x2, $38,010. And uh, the SV King Cab goes up to $43,340. The Titan S King Cab, which is not as well equipped, is $41,270. And the SV is at forty. Six thousand six hundred. Now, right. when you get in into the uh, base level um, crew cab, the S four by four, that is forty two thousand. Four by two. 
No, four by four is 42,940. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. And the SV crew cab uh, is at four by four is 46,420. Then you keep, then you really start to climb because you can get. Yeah, the- but, but even uh, before it climbs, uh, the fact is, uh, you know, as pickup trucks go, full size pickups, uh, these are, I think, bargain prices compared to the other people. I think so. Um, why is that? Is it that they're just not as popular or? Uh... Maybe. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They're certainly as capable. They're just, you know, they're just not, uh, they're, well, they're a relatively late player in the game and uh, you're up against the world leaders. Yeah. Uh, the best selling vehicle in North America, the F 150. Yeah. Um, so the SV Crew Cab 4x4, 46,420. The Titan Pro 4X, 50,900. And the top of the pile, Platinum Reserve. Uh, let's see. Do they have... They don't have that listed. Uh, yes, they do. 4x4, 59,980. Now, they also have the extra-duty models, uh, which are their heavy-duty models, Uh the S Crew Cab 4x4, 45,580. SV version of that, 49,360. And then if you want to go all the way to the top, the Platinum Reserve Crew Cab XD, $63,040. So a little bit of pricing information there. Yeah, but for heavy duty, those are about 20000 cheaper than the other guys. Yeah, interesting. So if you're looking for a deal on a pickup truck... Could be time to check out the Titan. Hey, I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We will be right back on Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Cruise Control. Uh, Welcome back to Cruise Control. We uh, just about covered the uh, Titan's pricing. Fred, uh, Someone, you had uh, another couple points to make? Yeah, one of our listeners asked what engines are available in the Titan uh, because, you know, uh, Toyota has hybrid drivetrains and V6s, and, of course, uh, Ford has every engine under the sun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, while they used to offer a, a Cummins diesel, now the only engine available is the 5.6-liter endurance V8 with 400 horsepower, 413 pound-feet of torque, and the only transmission is a nine-speed automatic. So keeping it simple, well, keeping it basic, yep. keeping it, keeping the cost down. Uh, you're right. I mean, if you want a heavy-duty version of this, the S Crew Cab four by four for forty-five thousand five eighty is not bad. If you Want a uh, truck to do some construction work or whatever? It's not bad at all, is it? No, not at all. Uh, and again, Nissan makes very reliable vehicles. Mm-hmm. So if I were, if I had to buy a pickup truck today, the, the the only thing really driving me would be price, and I'd go after the Nissan. Yeah, something to look at if you're considering yeah. a, a full size truck. Let's do uh, some safety tech, shall we? Uh, you mm-hmm. and I talk about automatic braking a lot, don't we? Well, we do. Uh, it's getting better and better and more common on 
on uh, vehicles, which it should be. Uh, sensors run the gamut from uh, something like the EyeSight system and the Subaru, which is two right. cameras on either side of the rear view mirror, cameras point outward, uh, to uh, radar sensors, which were more yep, common. To LIDAR, right? Yeah, to now infrared sensors uh, at nighttime. And uh, the IIHS, or Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, uh, found that nearly 90% of 2021 vehicle models decreased the odds of a pedestrian crash by about a third on well-lit roads. But how do they fare at nighttime, Les Jackson? Well, they seem to make little difference mm -hmm. uh, on dark roads. And uh, I, I guess I'm not terribly surprised at this because infrared sensors work. But they're they're not uh, picking things up in an urgent way. I, it's the only way I could. Yeah. Well, most pedestrian crashes that. happen during the day. Somebody runs in front of your vehicle, or whatever. But the fatalities happen at night, and that makes sense. I mean, I always wonder when people are, are crossing the street at night and they're wearing a black coat and a hat, and that you mean really yep. you should wear a safety vest because you can't see people at night. Um, I actually know the, the statistic from uh, National Highway Traffic Safety. It's 72% uh, of all pedestrian deaths occur at night, mm -hmm. not at crosswalks. Because people are jaywalking? Yeah. Okay. And if you if you have on a dark coat and hat and... Uh, Can't, you don't see them. You, you don't, don't see them and, and they're just a shadow. And by the time you see them, you know, you have to react and... And that's the problem these systems have. So they're they're mm -hmm. trying to establish the IIHS a standard for these systems, uh, and they're trying to find a way to evaluate them properly. Uh, and they really haven't found what combination of sensors are the most effective, but they want to put this into their ratings, uh, so manufacturers will sure. address this. And I think I think they do it the best way possible. IIHS. Instead of forcing manufacturers to do this, they're like, look, we're going to evaluate your peers and see how you do compared to them and, and come up with a fair test. And then you can meet that standard and develop the vehicles so they are better. And I think that's a great way to do it. And then, you know what? When you're rated well, that's just another crowing pressure when you sell it. Yeah when you you go to sell your vehicle or go to market your vehicle. Um, they found interesting high beam lights did not significantly affect the vehicle's performance. Wasn't about that. Uh, the Honda CHR and Bronco Sport use a combination of cameras and radar. They were the best performances performers in both tests. Um, and... Honda CRV performed poorly. Doesn't really say what, why, or what they did. Uh, and the Volkswagen Taos, which uses radar only, saw the least change in performance between daylight and nighttime tests. But the, its daylight performance was the worst of all vehicles tested. So that's not good if they say that doesn't. <laughs> you're the worst both day or night. That's right. You know. So that's right. Uh, so 
really, it will be interesting to see how they develop this test for this um, and what the sensors are. I find, especially in the sloppy weather we've been having on the East Coast, don't you get messages that your radar detection is yep. not functional all the time, you know, with yeah, slop it, coming up on it? That's right. It, it gets uh, saturated with, with spray. Snow. And, and snow, fog. Salt. Uh, so it just, rightfully so, it turns itself off and says, hey, this is not currently uh, in use. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Well, uh, let's get to the story. We didn't get to it last last hour, and we'll start the story before the break. Um, do you know, according to the AAA, U.S. drivers are spending $3 billion a year fixing pothole damage? Let's face it. The trend is bigger wheels, shorter sidewalls means more yep. wheel damage, more blown tires, blowing them right off the rim, basically, right? Absolutely. Uh, that's a, that's a yet another downside of, of low-profile tires. Yeah. Um, um, now, there's a group called the Clunker Junker, <laughs> and they've done some analysis on the worst areas for potholes. Uh, number one through ten. Number ten is New York. Uh, you know, uh, Pennsylvania. Sure. Tennessee. Don't understand that. Illinois, always known for bad roads, right? Always. Massachusetts. Ohio is number five. Yep. Nebraska is number four. Again, makes sense. Michigan, always known as bad roads. Uh, and, yep. And uh, Indiana is number two. And then number one is Washington State, not Washington D.C. Uh, it's let me tell you, Washington D.C. doesn't exactly uh, ring a lot of bells for for good road surfaces in the winter. Well, um, our engineer Patrick would be glad to know that uh, Washington is the number one state. Yakima number one, Spokane hmm. uh, three, and Seattle number five. Those are the big, wow. big, big, big. Uh, cities with the worst roads honorable mentions include uh colorado vermont reno nevada and you don't even make the list in here less no, no washington dc at all you don't no you don't even rate <laughs> i'm i'm filing a protest <laughs> yeah uh I know I get to learn where the worst is when you when you're driving at night and you can't see these things and then it goes oh. to full extension on the suspension. Boom. Yeah, you get that horrible bang. Yeah, I hate that. And I always oh, think now, man. you know, that didn't do something that was that good. And then you learn where they are and you avoid them and then it becomes like autocross yeah. people so, yeah, avoiding them. <laughs> then you get a then you get a ticket for swerving. Yeah. Uh, but some of them are huge craters. I also think I always wonder why plows couldn't have wheels on them because you don't have to take every last bit of snow off the ground if you, especially if you're putting salt down. If they had little like landing gear wheels, they wouldn't catch the edge of patches and just tear out big chunks. But hey, <laughs> 
We'll be right back with Cruise Control. Plenty more to go. We've got that updated list of cars that are more expensive to buy used than new. Stay tuned to Cruise Control. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Hey, we're, uh, you know, we keep having to tell people about this, and it's getting worse, not better. <laughs> uh, when it comes to buying a car, a vehicle, yeah, uh, the 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 used cars, vehicles are frequently more expensive than the new. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Now I don't know if if those who keep these records are counting just the MSRP of the new one or the full transaction price, which is considerably higher. Well. This comes from IC Cars. We uh, talked about this before, and they've gone back and updated it because I think there's a lot of interest in it. And uh, I guess, you know, you can look at it two ways. Uh, one, if you go to buy a new vehicle uh, or you say, I want a used vehicle, and if, if the new one is less expensive... Uh, okay, you go for the new one, but also you think about it. It's a good, it's a good little factor to have in your head. If you can buy a car, use it for a couple of years, and sell it for more than you paid for it, that's boy, that's a pretty good deal right there, right? Yeah, but of course that was never the case um, until <laughs> the last two years. Yeah. So let's take a look at this, and it's pretty surprising because. Some of these vehicles are very expensive, and some of these vehicles are not very expensive. So let's talk about it. On uh, This is the top 15 used cars that are more expensive than new. Mercedes G-Class, the G-Wagon. You, <laughs> if you buy that used, you'll pay 35.6% more. That's crazy. Now... You you brought this up earlier. Is that including dealer uh, market adjustment? I doubt that it is. Okay. Uh, but, but even so, when you're yeah, if you're if you're looking at a brand new Mercedes G class and and the boxy there's a the one boxy G wagon, the old military, uh, which vehicle. by the way I think is a stupid vehicle. Price wise, I don't. There is no justification that those things are so expensive. It's you're strictly you're you're. It's basically a fifty thousand uh, dollar SUV, and you're paying another sixty thousand for that Mercedes Star. Okay. Uh, it, but anyway, um, why would you if it's if if the new if the used one a year old is the same or more than the new one. Why would you buy the used one? Especially in that case, because that vehicle has not changed all that much. It's changed on all. the inside, but in the last couple of years, you know. Now, this next one on the list, Chevy Corvette, 20.2% uh, more used. As you know, 
The C8 Corvette has become a bit of a cottage industry. People buy them and they flip them yep. because well, they can't get them. That's right. If you're waiting for one and you really want it and, and you can't get it, you're going to be willing to pay more for a guy that's got one and he's willing to sell it. So in that, that case, the used price is $16,645 more than a new one. <sighs> And you yeah. don't, and you don't get to pick your color and your options. No. Uh, Tesla Model Three, seventeen point eight percent more what? used, which account, which works up to about eighty three hundred dollars more. But mm. you don't have to wait. But don't buy yeah, an but, early one because they were not put together that way. No. Well, the the wood, the you know the the thumbtacks and wood inside <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and the, zip ties. the zip ties may have worn we're not, through we're not exaggerating no here. they put zip ties and wood moldings to hold yep. some kind of electrical component that looked rather heavy <laughs> they just went down and went all home depot on it not that it's bad to do a home depot repair but uh well, not, not, not when you use it that should be mounted on rubber and screwed in with some bracket for you right that's exactly right. And then the Ford Bronco Sport. Well, I understand that. It's hot, 16%. Hot. And we're yeah. not talking about the full-size Bronco. We're talking about the Bronco no. Sport. You know, if you want one, somebody will give it to you for more money. And here's one of my favorite vehicles, but, you know, built in Korea, great little vehicle, uh, really well-equipped for the price, the Chevy Trailblazer. This is a great little crossover. Yeah. It's got everything in it. You know, it kind of takes a page from Kia. They give you at the upper level heated steering wheel, heated seats, everything, right? But absolutely. But 15.6% more used, uh, or about $4,270 more used. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Um, you know, as is the uh, Toyota RAV4. Uh, again, most of this is because you can get them. Right. So 14.8%. Uh, 14.8, But then <clears throat> the Chevy Suburban. Yeah. Uh, that That's a bit of a surprise. Well, remember, uh, they couldn't put these things together because of the chip shortage. And you can't get what you want. Maybe you want a certain color, a certain trim. You can buy it used for 12.9% or $9,106 more mm. than a new one. This is the IC cars list. The most expensive, more expensive than new. Used vehicles more expensive than new. Number eight, Toyota Tacoma. Hold their value big time. They do. 12.2% more for used. I don't get this one, Toyota CHR. I don't get that vehicle. I drove it. I don't once. either. I, I didn't like it. Um, I thought I just didn't think it had anything appealing to me. But that also will cost you twelve point two percent more used. This one I understand completely. The big hit, the big hitter from uh, Kia, uh, Kia Telluride, twelve point one percent more. Can't, you can't get one new. Can't get them. Can't get them. Interesting. This week I saw two Telluride's, both dealers uh, with dealers plates, 
they were not the top of the range vehicle. They had much smaller wheels. They did not look as well equipped. Normally, you only see those things completely mm-hmm. tricked. Kia Rio, Les, a Kia Rio cost you $2,090 more used than new. Don't get it. Why wouldn't you buy that new? Subaru Crosstrek, have a friend that just bought one of these. He paid almost the price of a new vehicle for one that had mm. that had uh, 20,000 miles on it. I believe it was that he said. Uh, just can't get them. GMC Yukon. 11.3% more used or almost almost uh, $8,300 more. Hyundai Accent, 11% more. <laughs> I, I get, like the Kia Rio. I, I don't get it. Yeah. I just... Comes from IC Cars, by the way. ICcars.com, the study about used cars uh, costing more. I guess, you know, it's just a weird supply and demand thing. We live in a strange age. Yeah, and that's why we hope if you listen to this show, we give you a little bit of a prep before you go into the dealer because you're going to be like, I don't understand. There's a used one, and it costs 3000 more than a new one. And then, uh, you know, the dealer said, well, that's not the price. Uh, it's it's $5,000 more. <laughs> and That's right. You, ooh, here come the hijinks, you know. Here come the shenanigans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the dealers, again, deal, the, the dealer network in the United States is making greater profits than it ever has in its history. Yeah. Including after World War II. Yeah. Uh, but it's also showing off their bad side. Yeah. Well, it certainly doesn't want to make me buy a new vehicle. Or go no. anywhere near it until this all squares away. And that would be my advice. There's a if, lot of new vehicles coming online. Wait them out, you know? If uh, if I had to go into a dealer and buy a car, um, I would take a banana cream pie with me and find the, <laughs> uh, find the owner and hit him in the face with it. Well, that would be a great way to get a good deal. <laughs> yep. So, hey, uh we also should get to this talk and text story. We'll do it real quick. Um, battery charging road coming to Michigan. The first wireless EV charging road system in the country will be built near Michigan Central Station by an Israeli startup called Electrion. Mile-long stretch will be designed to charge vehicles wirelessly as they go down the road. It's going to cost $1.9 million. Interesting uh, research there, but... Uh, When we come back, I'm going to have an at-the-wheel review of the brand-new Mark 8 Volkswagen GTI Autobahn Edition. So stay tuned to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We are going to uh, have a review this week of an at-the-wheel review of the brand-new Volkswagen GTI Mark 8. This one that I had was the Autobahn Edition, which is the top of the range. 
Of course, the Mark 8 is all new, a new platform for the vehicle, new on the outside and on the inside. I have to say, the GTI is one of my most favorite vehicles. I think you do feel like you're on the Autobahn when you're driving this vehicle. It feels very European. It, of course, started the hot hatch trend, which I think is a fun trend. Uh, It's a very utilitarian car. It has a hatchback in the back. Uh, it you're able to uh, load up your groceries as we did, and you're able to have fun. It it gets great fuel economy, 34 miles to the gallon, but it feels very very sporty. This reconfigured sport suspension, uh, along with the standard torque sensing limited slip diff, uh, you get that on all the models, the uh, S, the SE, and the Autobahn edition. Um, it really, it really feels good on the road. They've really put it together. Of course, this is the first year now that U.S. sold Mark 8s. First year in a long time. The Mark 8s are built in Wolfsburg, Germany. Uh, and uh, it uh, is a quality-feeling vehicle. Just very well uh, screwed together. The EA888 2-liter engine has been upped about 20-some-odd horsepower. It now produces 241 horsepower, 273 pound-feet of torque. You can get it with either a six-speed manual, uh, which is what we had, or a seven-speed DSG transmission. Um, Now, I think it's mostly good. I have to say, when I was really anticipating this loan of this vehicle. I was thinking maybe I, I don't like the front end on it. You know, it's got those five um, lights on the front, those five uh, little LED fog lights. It's a little bit strange. The opening below the bumper is a little bit bigger. I thought, well, maybe I don't know if I'll like that. Um, but I did like that on the outside. It has a light across the front I believe, which is an option, a uh, kind of a light bar that goes right across the lower edge of Mm the uh, grill or the hood. I thought that looked pretty cool. Um, And then I got to the inside of the vehicle. (laughs) So they call this an all-new electronic architecture that enhances the interior with a standard 10.25-inch digital cockpit pro Touch interfaces, that's not one of them. That's a really kind of cheap 12-volt outlet. Les, it, uh, I got it. Lo- you are going to say. Well, it just looks a bit Spartan. Well, here's the reason for this, and I think this really disappointed me. Um, they have removed virtually every knob. The only knob I could find on the inside was the knob for the rear view mirror, which kind of is a carryover, right? They've removed every knob, virtually every physical button from the inside of the vehicle and made it one of the most confusing vehicles to drive the inside, the interior, by the way, um, I got into this vehicle (laughs) and it was nighttime. I could not figure out how to work it. The, it, the, (laughs) There are a few, all buttons are haptic. There is no real traditional button. For some reason, 
They thought over on the left-hand side of the dash, it was a great idea to put the defroster button over by the headlight button. Like, let's reinvent the wheel. Hmm. So every time you went to turn on the defroster, you would turn off the headlights. Or you wanted to turn on the defroster, but you put on the fog lights by mistake. The touch, since everything is touchscreen, there are no buttons, to adjust the level... The heating, the, the the temperature of the heating and things like uh, heated seats and things like that, everything is a haptic control. It takes at least two presses. It's confusingly, they show a graphic for the heated seats. You think that is the control for you. You hit that, and then it opens up another menu where you have to hit the button twice to get the heated seats to turn on. Um, Nothing says auto safety more than confusing controls. Yeah, confusing controls. Yep. Uh, I don't know why it was done. Uh, I don't know why it was thought that this was a good thing, but uh, that's what they've done. Everything is touchscreen. There's four buttons under the uh, uh, touchscreen that do uh, a couple of different things, climate. Some of the climate controls are on the right. Others are on the left. Um, all the buttons on the, on the steering wheel are haptic. They take multiple pushes. Uh, and then there's the lighting in the inside. It's, there's barely any light in this thing. I like a light hmm. on the shift, either on the shift knob yeah, sure. or over it. Completely dark. I turn the lights all the way up, and it's got some nice indirect lighting on the doors. But this thing is dark when you get in to drive it. It is not user-friendly. Hmm. Um, one of the other reviewers I found on the web said it well. Didn't they learn their lesson from Honda? Remember, Honda said, we're going to redo the Civic and get yep. rid of all knobs. Then there was an emergency redo six months later to put a volume and a tuning knob on the, um, on, on the dashboard. It's unclear why they did this whether they felt they wanted to make it more like Tesla or is it because they're, they're, uh, the cost of building these things went up because they're building them in Wolfsburg? Who knows? But I, it, well, it, it, is a major, it is a yeah. major problem for the vehicle. I, would not, I think they will be redoing it in the not-so-distant future. I really do. I think they have to. It drives great. I think it looks fine. I'm okay with the looks. Um, it's lower. It feels very sporty. Uh, the interior quality is okay, I think. By the way, it has a spare tire, which I like. I always call that out. Okay, that's they get points for that. They even took the VW logo off the uh, engine cover. You know, so there was cost cutting. Hmm. I feel that's due to the fact that they're building it in Wolfsburg, and the cost of labor is higher than Mexico, from where the Mark Seven and the Seven Point Five were built. Now it's built in Wolfsburg, and that's that's higher. I love the rear exhaust, the big two pipes out the back. It sounds great. It drives great. But, frankly, it is a no-go because of the interior. The interior is a disaster. That's what I would call it, and it's it has to be fixed. So let's take a look at the numbers on the vehicle. Uh, as equipped, ours had the Autobahn Edition, which brings in leather seats and some other goodies. You can't get the scale paper plaid seats. I think they should somehow be able to get those in the top of the range Autobahn, maybe as an insert in the leather seat, because that sure. to me says, why, why 
says golf. It really does. You don't even get the golf ball shifter anymore. It's some kind of weird-shaped shifter. Hmm. Um, of course, the Autobahn version brings in 19-inch wheels and a few other things. All get the same engine, the 241-horsepower engine. Great mileage, 34 highway, 24 city, 28 combined. The total out-the-door price with this Autobahn edition, 38990 so it's Whew, not gosh. inexpensive, but guys, you have to do an emergency redo on this interior. Uh, the system is just terrible. It, w- it was an annoyance. Every time I drove the car, it, it made me disappointed because I was really looking forward to this vehicle. It's gorgeous looking, Atlantic blue metallic exterior, the red, uh, red rotors. Um, as I say, everything was great about it. No torque steer whatsoever. Great, great vehicle uh, other than the interior. So amazing. I would say it really needs to be redone. But hey, it's time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We are going to see you down the road. Bye. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.